Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today is Tuesday, September 20th. Happy Travel Tuesday, everyone, and happy fall season. Well, 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 technically Thursday is the first official day of fall, which some of you might be listening on Thursday. And if you are, I would say, hey, subscribe to the podcast and you can get notified when a new episode drops every week. But, uh, you know, once Labor Day weekend ends, I know I'm not the only one who fully shifts into the mindset of it's fall and I'm ready. So I live here in Georgia and Mother Nature is uh, still bringing the heat. So hopefully some fall weather will be coming my way soon. So we got a fun show for you today. Joining me later is Laura Fernandez, VP Head of Industry Travel and Tourism at SXM Media and Shane Brossard. Chief Marketing Officer at Travel Wisconsin. We're all going to discuss the fall travel outlook this year and some unique ways of enticing travelers to visit a destination, tapping into the cool things that Shane and Travel Wisconsin are doing. But first, as we do for every episode, in case this is your first time listening, let's dive into what's been trending in the world of travel in the last week. We begin with Hurricane Fiona and her impacting travel to the Caribbean. It first made landfall on Sunday. And Puerto Rico was hit very hard. More than a million people remained without power in Puerto Rico on on Monday. The major airlines obviously canceled flights and began issuing travel waivers for passengers scheduled to fly to or from the impacted Caribbean islands, which include Puerto Rico, the Dominican Republic, the U.S. Virgin Islands, St. Martin, and more. And uh, cruise lines are obviously rerouting ship itineraries to avoid the storm. Today is uh, Tuesday, as I mentioned, and it uh, hit Turks and Caicos today and is expected to threaten Bermuda later this week. So hurricane season typically runs from June through November. So hopefully there will not be any more devastating storms this year. Our thoughts and prayers are with all those who are struggling right now and impacted by this hurricane. You know, from a travels perspective here, your your vacation being impacted definitely pales in comparison to those living in these sort of conditions. So if you can help in any way, I definitely encourage that. My travel advisor listeners know this all too well. This time of year brings big storms that are going to impact travel. For anyone listening who uh, has had clients in the Caribbean over the weekend. I'd love to hear how that went for you and what process you're dealing with. What are you still dealing with now and all that? I do know a couple advisors I saw post on the weekend uh, that they adjusted their clients' entire vacation plans to get them on a different resort stay to avoid Hurricane Fiona's path. So that's, you know, shout out to travel advisors there. So if you're ever planning to travel to the Caribbean in September, you'd be wise to book with a travel advisor who can help you out in times like these. Moving over to air travel, United Airlines CEO Scott Kirby uh, kind of it wasn't a harsh comment at the FAA, but he took him to task a little bit, I guess. And he said that the FAA is uh, remains part of the problem when it comes to delays and cancellations. And you know, to be fair, a lot of people are harping on the airlines, and it's 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 sort of the industry as a whole that had a lot of these issues. But you know, the mainstream media is going to attack the airlines before anything else, and you've got the bailout money that they had before, and that. That, you know, plays into that factor, I think, too. But Kirby did come out and say that the FAA needs more air traffic controllers, saying, quote, when you have air traffic control close a center down or close a region of the country, it leads to hundreds of delays and cancellations, and there's just nothing else. There's no other rocks that are anywhere close to the size of that. It was tight before the pandemic, and they don't have enough people today, and they need more, and we in aviation have to commit to helping them get that. So as I said, it's not just the airlines and their staffing, it's everyone. I think people need to realize that more too, that it is not just the airlines and mainstream media blasting the airlines for their summer travel issues. But, you know, I do love that line from Kirby at the end where he's saying, we in aviation have to commit to helping them get that. The industry really needs to come together. You know, no blame game stuff on this, no pointing fingers anymore. We all know it was a rough summer. So it's time to put that in the past and make the moves now to ensure that the next busy travel wave, aka the holiday season, 
doesn't have the same major problems. The industry just definitely does not need that. You know, keep the staff that you have happy, as we saw, you know, over the uh, last week, the railroad uh, railway strike was averted last week with a tentative agreement, which, you know, would have resulted in huge issues across the country if they did pull on a strike. You know, the last thing from an air traveler's perspective here, the last thing we need is for any group in the aviation industry to do a full strike like that. You've got the current pilot shortage that's actually expected to worsen over the next decade from a study released last week from management firm Oliver Wynn. You know, that will be a tough challenge for the industry to overcome there and shortening the required training hours to be able to hire pilots faster is definitely not the answer. And thankfully, the FAA rejected a proposal to have the number of hours required to become a co-pilot. And that was on Monday. They rejected that. Republic Airways had proposed to regulators back in April that pilots be allowed to fly commercial passenger flights after 750 hours of flight time. Normally, 1,500 hours of flight time are required before a new pilot can fly commercially, though there have been exceptions for certain military experience that cuts the requirement in half. Uh, the proposal wanted to cut it in half uh, for pilots, and um, I just I feel like reducing training for something like flying a plane, which is a pretty damn scary thing to do when you think about it, like, that would be quite the bad move. Like The pilots are responsible for the lives of their passengers. That's a lot of pressure. I know air travel is relatively safe, but you know, reducing training for something like this it's just like make it make sense to me people out there if you're for this please reach out i don't understand why you would think that that like no i think it's a horrible decision and overall that would be a, a negative look for air travel especially given the summer that we had and all the delays and cancellations and everything and the bad press that the airline industry sort of received through that so you know if you added on like hey pilots are now going to be training less come out and fly. <laughs> I don't think that would be that good of a look. So no need to cut corners here on learning how to fly safely out there. So I'm glad the FAA rejected that. We do have some other good news for air travel though. August air travel ticket sales more than doubled year over year from the airlines reporting corp saying that air ticket sales made through travel agencies. It accredits were up 127% in August compared with the same month in 2021 sales totaled $7.3 billion dollars with domestic trip sales increasing 11% from July and international sales rising by 5%. Also in August, the average cost of a round-trip U.S. domestic flight fell for the third month in a row, coming in at $526, while the average price of an air travel ticket decreased 5% from July 2022. It was still 32% higher than in August 2021, something along the lines of uh, that inflation thing that keeps up. Yeah, yeah, you guys know that. So, But speaking of prices, though, the latest consumer price index showed an impact on travel. The cost of gasoline continued to fall significantly, dropping 10.6% in August. Airfares were down 8.8%. Rental cars prices down 4.6%. And hotel room rates were down about 2.3%. So just further proof, you need to book now if you're planning for any travel for the rest of the year. While the drop is nice, it's still higher than the pre-pandemic days due to inflation and you've got the average trip cost this fall is uh, $9,796.36, according to customers for the travel insurance company Squaremouth, and they found that. So U.S. travelers are indeed spending more this fall, and you'll see that around, but they're definitely still out there traveling and not letting price hold them back entirely. So I love that. That wraps up what has been trending in travel in the last week. A lot of stuff that we weren't able to get to. So be sure to check out TravelPulse.com for our travel news there. Any additional thoughts, you can drop me an email, podcast at TravelPulse.com. We're going to continue the fall travel talk further now as we jump into the theme of this week's show. 
And now joining me on the show is Laura Fernandez, VP Head of Industry Travel and Tourism at SXM Media. Laura, welcome back to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be on the show. Uh, Again, thank you. Absolutely. And we also have a second guest too with us today, and that's Shane Broussard, Chief Marketing Officer, Travel Wisconsin. Shane, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for joining. Yeah, you bet, Eric. Really excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Will you uh, just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your work? Yeah, you bet. So um, I'm uh, the chief marketing officer here at Travel Wisconsin. So in my role, I work really closely with our tourism secretary's office uh, in Wisconsin. We're a cabinet level agency, a part of state government. So our tourism secretary serves, uh, you know, uh, as part of the the, uh, governor's administration staff. And I work very closely with the secretary's office, our ad agencies of record, our internal marketing teams and our partners to really elevate the Wisconsin brand in a big way so that we get people to uh, choose Wisconsin as their travel destination. Love it. Yeah. And fall time is obviously a great time to visit Wisconsin, which we'll touch on in a bit. Um, But as we're talking fall travel today, it's typically a slower time of the year for travel, you know, because it's following after summer and the big push there that's always happening with uh, kids out of school and stuff. So (laughs) the demand for travel, though, is still there this fall and airfare prices are dropping, which we love to see. So I think it'll be a good year for fall travel in the industry. Uh, What are your thoughts, your expectations for 2022 fall travel? Laura, we'll start with you. From what we're seeing with uh, just ad campaigns and destinations and accommodations and transportation, there's an influx and everyone is talking about fall travel. So I do look at that as a good inclination that travel is going to be in a solid place for fall. Um, Living in Las Vegas, I will tell you when I'm speaking to uh, LVCVA and um, they're like, we're ready to have people. And right now I, I... don't know if I uh, told you this right in the beginning, but it's a nice 75 degrees here in Las Vegas. So it's finally cooling down and feels amazing. But I will say we do not have the foliage like Wisconsin. And uh, when Shane and I were together at Esto, one of um, the top travel conferences, Shane and I sat there for um, a good amount of time just looking at pictures. What was that destination that, that you showed me? Yeah, Door County. Oh, Door County. I want to go there. That's one place I do want to go. Yeah, I mean, fall in Wisconsin, you can get fall, fall color anywhere in the state. Uh, you know, Door County is really unique because it's on a peninsula that jets up into Lake Michigan. So, um, you know, they, they do like to call themselves Cape Cod of the Midwest. So it's kind of got that like coastal vibe going on. Um, uh, for those that don't know where Door County is, I'm sure everyone's heard of the Green Bay Packers. So um, it is just a little bit northwest of or excuse me, northeast of Green Bay, Wisconsin. What are your expectations for the fall in Wisconsin, though? And, and we'll touch on a little bit of your marketing tactics um, as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, you Eric had mentioned that fall typically is a slower time of year for travel, but that's actually not true here in Wisconsin. October is actually the second busiest month for travel in our state. And that's really for good reason. And Laura, you mentioned that. And it is all about the fall color. So fall in Wisconsin is when we show our true colors here and nearly half of our state is covered by forests and trees, which means that you get this like multicolor experience, immersive experience with those fiery reds, oranges, and yellows that we all love about fall. Uh, So no matter if you're traveling, uh, you know, up in our Northwoods and our back roads, or maybe you're in downtown Milwaukee or Madison, you're really going to get this breathtaking experience and you really got to be there uh, to believe it. Uh, on top of that, I would also say that fall is really the perfect season for the great American road trip. So 
Longwoods International just released their most recent travel sentiment study, and it showed that uh, taking a road trip is actually the top marketable thing that people plan to do this fall when it comes to travel. So that's really great news for us here in Wisconsin because we're conveniently located between Chicago and Minneapolis, and we rely heavily on dry market visitation. So we're expecting a lot of folks coming out of the Chicago market and out of the Minneapolis market to uh, take in those great fall colors this fall. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, a short little drive right there in that massive market that you can tap into, I think is, is huge for you guys in, in Wisconsin. And you know, talk about marketing and stuff. You guys have done some pretty unique stuff with some cutting edge tactics, kind of out perform your competitors out there. So can you elaborate a little bit more on that and, you know, how you guys are enticing travelers to come to Wisconsin? Yeah, yeah, you better. So, um, yeah, we really have this mindset that we can't um, outspend our competition because that's indeed fact. Uh, our our other competitors and in, in our regional competitive set and, and absolutely nationally have larger travel tourism budgets than we do. So what we do is, is rather than out spend them, we try to outsmart them. And we lean into uh, that sort of notion any which way that we can. And so we've done some really like forward thinking things over the last year. Again, all trying to like elevate Wisconsin to that next tier of, of travel destinations in the United States. And one of those things that we did was we uh, created a propensity to visit model. And I'll tell you a little bit about that and, uh, you know, what that means for us here. Um, we have had longstanding partnerships with various data and research companies across uh, the travel vertical for, for decades. Um, but uh, when I attended the Marketing Outlook Forum out in Washington, D.C. a few years back, you know, really the chatter was about, you know, how do you combine data sources or how do you bring all of your data partners to the table to have a collaborative conversation and then leverage the power that exists in those data sets? And so that's exactly what we did. We asked, uh, you know, Longwoods International and Arrivalist, Tourism Economics to, to partner with us and combine those data sets to help us identify what was going to be the most efficient way to go into a market, um, specifically what markets should we go into and which audiences should we target in those markets. And so we ran this propensity to visit model to, to really guide our decision-making and how we were going to invest those dollars ultimately to yield the highest, highest ROI for the state of Wisconsin. And um, it, I've been told that's the first time any state tourism office has taken those, those data partners and those data sets and combined them for, for a more powerful data set. So we're really proud of that. It's been uh, really effective at producing great ROI here in the state. As you should oh, be, yeah. When you're looking at developing a marketing plan, I mean, understanding um, and combining your different ways to measure is, and the data is so important. Um, I did want to say, ask one question is, um, when you're building all of that out is, are you working then with individual leads for each of those uh, data companies and how are you just, I'm just curious from like how we could make this recommendation to other destinations? Yeah, that's a great question, Laura. You know, for us, it really started um, back at the RFP process. Uh, of okay. course, we're part of state governments. So we have a very formal RFP process um, when we, we put out um, requests for proposals on, on our account. And, you know, we really sought out a ad agency that was really going to be in alignment with that data-informed decision-making when it comes to marketing. And uh, when that agency came on board and started working closely with us, um, we immediately started those conversations with leads at each of those data companies formed really great relationships uh, amongst the group and, you know, really put our heads together to say, okay, 
what what can we do to really help bring Wisconsin forward? And um, and that's where the propensity model came uh, came to fruition. And um, I would say the biggest recommendation I would have is 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 to challenge your partners um, to to think on your behalf about how you can accomplish your goals and objectives. I, I love that. And uh, you talk about the data and everything, and it's so important. And I think a lot of our listeners too, even the travel advisor listeners can, you know, tap into to, to that sort of stuff and, and find ways to get data on people that are coming to their own websites or find ways to get more data on their own clients to better establish their business. So I think that there's a lot of insight you can take from that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, speaking of, of data, we actually took another approach at collecting even more data. And this is a little bit more of an unconventional approach, but we did some neuroscience testing mm-hmm. and I uh, would love to, to talk a little bit about yeah. that because um, it definitely was a, a really interesting process to go through in a new way to help inform both creative decision-making and strategic decision-making with our campaigns. So this really all started back in the early days of 2022. We knew that, um, that tourism, it was going to be a big year nationally, and that we felt this really huge obligation here in Wisconsin to develop what I like to call a best-in-class you know, ad campaign that can, that can really drive economic impact to the state. Um, uh, as I mentioned before, we're, we're always outspent by our competition, so this is just another way to outsmart them. Uh, and what we did is, is we partnered with a research company to conduct neuroscience research and specifically neurotests um, uh, and what we did is we tested individuals as they were watching our TV commercial. And what these tests allowed us to do was to capture eye movement or precisely what people were looking at uh, on the screen at any one point in time. So what they were giving their attention to. And that's really the first thing that happens in the brain uh, when people are exposed to creative. Um, but then on top of that, we were able to use EEG tests. Um, to measure the electrical activity in the brain. So this is where it gets really cool in science and nerdy. Um, and, and what we were able to, to gather for data is um, specifically data on what the emotional response was to that creative, how motivating the ad was, and then the cognitive response to help us understand uh, whether people were actually processing the information and if they were understanding what we were trying to tell them. So the good news, oh, go ahead. No, it's it's an incredible study. So at SXM Media, we we do we have video on our platforms, all interaction based, but we use a um, a same methodology from an audio standpoint, and to understand um, how an audio ad will impact and drive results. And it's so smart to do this pre campaign testing. Um, I encourage every brand to do pre-campaign testing and really understand how an ad creative is going to impact results because instead of not understanding how it's going to work, how do you know it's going to be impactful? Um, so I, we, we use pre-campaign testing and understanding how specific, um, you know, different ads would impact uh, someone is it's so important. I love that. Uh, Travel Wisconsin is so forward thinking and doing that on their own. Yeah. Thanks, Laura. You know, we really look at it as a way to to gain that competitive advantage, you know, and um, I I won't name any names here, but we also did test one of our competitors, 30 second TV commercials. And we did 
we did score higher than them. We we're very proud of that. We're excited oh. about that. Uh, and we do use that information to help inform the, the future decisions we make on our campaigns. Hey, that's great. You know, you don't have to name names, but I think we can maybe guess those who are listening out, out there, the big competitor for Wisconsin. But um, I, I love that. I mean, work smarter, not harder, right? I think that is, um, I think that's great. You know, don't make it too hard on yourself. But I mean, that all that stuff you talk about there, it is, you know, you say, you mentioned nerdy, but it, it's, you know, it's intriguing. It's it's challenging. And it's it's something that I think any supplier right now listening is it's probably there. There are a few that are probably listening right now going, I'm, I'm going to tap into that. I'm going to try to uh, you know, make the most of my dollars in that sense um, with that, because you found success through that. And I love that. And when we talk about, you know, travel and travel in the fall right now, Laura, I do want to we mentioned Wisconsin a lot for here. But Laura, I want to get your take on what are some of your favorite travel destinations that stand out for the fall season? So I will say I do need to get to uh, Door County. Uh, that is definitely one of uh, where I want to go. Uh, favorite fall destinations. I I do. I am a I am a desert gal uh, living in Las Vegas. So I do like going up to Red Rock uh, National Park. That's five minutes outside my house. Um, so we're talking about like a little bit closer. Um, I also am a big fan of going out to California in the fall and going to whether it's Dana Point or San Juan Capistrano. I'm big fan of going there. And then East Coast. Um, I grew up in uh, Pennsylvania, so Bucks County, Pennsylvania, about 45 minutes north of Philly, an hour south of New York City. Love Bucks County Falls. And my mother has been getting on me to come out. And she's like, you're going to miss the trees. And I'm like, I know, I get that. That. I see cactuses, though, Mom. It's the same thing. <laughs> it's the same thing. Kind and of, I, yeah. am, I am really excited about the the travel industry and and hearing Shane talk about fall and because it is predominantly a little bit of a slower time, but fall ramping up into holiday travel. I mean, I am I'm hearing so many positive things about holiday travel and that it's going to keep growing. I mean, Shane, are you hearing the same thing with holiday yeah. travel? Like we're and then is there I mean, it's kind of the elephant in the room. But do you think that travel like we're on a big uptick right now, the whole industry? What's what's your thought of like holiday travel and then going into next year? Because I, I feel good. And I, I almost need a boost of confidence from someone that's actually in it with the destinations. Yeah, I'm feeling good as well, Laura. You know, we're really expecting a big all travel season here. Uh, we have a lot of momentum coming out of summer. Uh, the U.S. Travel Association just released uh, their July travel or spending numbers. And uh, here in Wisconsin, we were up 4% in July of 2022 compared to July of 2019. And of course, 2019 was the best year on record for most, you know, mm -hmm. destinations across the United States. So, so we're thrilled to, to be seeing those numbers. And we think that momentum is going to carry through in the fall. Of course, I mentioned before that October is our second busiest travel month of the year. Um, so we're expecting a good Q3, a good Q4. And, and we're really thinking 2023 um, is, is going to be real big for Wisconsin. Um, we're going to get, you know, the, the, the leisure uh, will be back by that point. And then we think that the meetings, conventions, sports, businesses, and things like that are really going to kind of put us over the top 
Love that. Yeah. Laura, last time she was on the show, we talked a little bit of uh, meetings and business travel and that, you know, should be looking better for 2023. But yeah, as we mentioned the fall, I think it will exceed some expectations out there. And the, the fact that the cost of, of things right now are a little better when we get into the holiday time, it's going to be higher. That's just natural and everything with inflation right now. So we're going to see that. But that, like we've all said, the demand is there. The pe- people want to get out and travel and they're not letting prices stop them too much. I mean, that kind of leans to people with the airfare stuff, what you said earlier, Shane, with the Great American Road Trip. And a lot of people are getting out in the cars. I know I just did a road trip this past weekend and there were too many people on the highway. So I need to... I need to strategize my leave time a little bit better maybe next time. But you you know, that that happens with the roads out there, you know? Yeah, it's... I mean, I I feel... There's been so much research about um, discretionary spend being on entertainment and travel. And I, I don't see, I feel like people are still going to want experiences and the research is showing that. And from a travel marketing standpoint, we are seeing 2023 planning right now happening and planning out for the, for the next year. Yeah, if you can't go anywhere right now or at the end of this year, you should start thinking about 2023. Use that as your fall travel moment of get your wanderlust on and and, and look ahead to uh, next year. Love it. Yeah, so as we wrap up the show here, just a quick final uh, closing advice that you might have for any travelers out there this fall season from your uh, expertise of uh, both of you constantly traveling out there. Well, when you're talking about road trips, Eric, I you got to hit the road early. And I think the same goes through for flights is getting out early. And from a marketing standpoint, I I do the the pre-campaign testing is huge, especially for travel brands. And when you're working with brands like SXM Media, talk to your partners about what they're doing and what they can offer from a pre-campaign testing. Majority of our campaigns, we use Veritonic and we actually test the creatives prior. And so that's one thing, lean on your partners from a media standpoint. Well, I'm going to answer this question, uh, of course, from through the Wisconsin lens. And uh, any travelers who are going to be coming to Wisconsin, I highly encourage you to visit our fall color report. And what the fall color report is, is it's a real-time tool uh, where you can log in at any given time and take a peek at, uh, you know, how fall color is progressing in the state of Wisconsin. So typically it goes north to south, but it'll tell you what percent it uh, is to peak in a particular destination. When it's expected to peak, you'll get a lot of inspirational ideas for other places to visit. So uh, you can go to travelwisconsin.com forward slash fall color report and uh, check that out. Love it. I'm going to check that out right after right after we do this. I'm going to tell my cousin. Oh, yeah, to, I love that. Yeah, I do have my cousin lives in a neighboring state. We won't say the state, but uh, I, I will tell him he needs to get over uh, to, to Wisconsin and do that. So absolutely. So uh, that's all the time we have for this show. Thank you guys for joining. I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to to talk travel and, and fall travel as well. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Eric. Thanks again to Shane and Laura for jumping on the show and talking fall travel and the enticing ways to bring in visitors to your destination. So stay tuned for next week. It'll be World Tourism Day for next week's show. Exciting stuff there. Thank you guys for listening. Have a great week. 